Hello everybody, Mitch Michaels here. It's time for another edition of the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for joining me on this sports podcast. We're moving forward into 2018. Lots of good content to bring you. Today's episode is a jam-packed football show. Chris Miller will join us later to talk about the wildcard round of the NFL playoffs, which saw the Jaguars win a very boring game against the Bills. The big Titans come back, the Saints and Falcons moving along. We'll get into the divisional round preview as well and talk about John Gruden returning to Chris Miller's Raiders. But first up, Matt Wittenberg joins the show to talk about the college football playoff. The championship game was electric. Alabama comes back to beat Georgia in overtime. We'll break that down, talk about all that happened in that game. How did Alabama come back? Is Nick Saban the greatest ever? And... We'll look ahead to next year as well. It's the Money Mitch Effect Football Edition. Let's start the show. All right, Money Mitch Effect. Time to talk for the final time this year. Very somber day, college football. Matt Wittenberg back on the show. Matt, thanks for joining. Of course. Thanks for having me. Happy to always... uh be that last voice you hear on the uh, college football season. Sad time, but uh, yeah, before we know it, Labor Day is going to roll around again and uh, we'll do it all over. So let's get into the college football playoff championship game and man, <laughs> Alabama. Just that's all you need to say. Just mm-hmm. remarkable. Or maybe just Tua. Tua. It's, uh, it's really something for Bama. And we'll get into the legacy talk and all that of what Saban's built, but mm-hmm. back again. I don't know many teams that in their situation playing a dreadful first half, regardless of the personnel moves and who's coaching, I, there's not many teams that you feel like have that chance like Bama because any other team plays as bad as they do, get pushed around at the line of scrimmage. You think, okay, probably not going to win or, or maybe not even make it close. But mm-hmm. there wasn't much doubt, I felt like, for most people watching the game. Like, it's still Alabama. They could still easily come back. and. It was interesting, but they certainly did. Yeah, they're that team that just has that sort of mystique about them that they're never really out of it. And even against a team as good as Georgia with how good Georgia's defense played through that entire first half. And, I mean, we were talking about a little bit before recording this, just like the guts on Nick Saban to make that quarterback change at halftime of the national championship game. It's, yeah, obviously it worked out for the best. If that move doesn't pan out, then who knows? the heat that he's taking today for making that call, but obviously it <laughs> worked out for the better. And um, I, yeah, it's, there's almost like no more superlatives you can say about the uh, job that he's done there and that team. The only thing that panned out normal was how this game started two very physical fronts and not a lot of traction on each mm-hmm. offense. Though I will say, and then props to the coaches room. That's always been my favorite Megan cast like feature is when you yeah, it's ESPN. it's great. I got to catch the replay of it today actually. So yeah, I'd highly recommend that to anyone two, who didn't get the chance to. Two Georgia possessions, no running plays. That was kind of ridiculous. Like they that's didn't their, even set up the run. Yeah, that's their bread and butter too. That's what got them to this point. It was not asking Fromm to do too much and leaning on Michelle and Chubb, but. Yeah, um, yeah. From throws a pick, and then Bama can't kick a field goal. Surprise, surprise! There, Bama's offense looked dreadful. But eventually, Georgia was able to move the ball downfield with Sonny Michelle. Chubb didn't have the best game. But Michelle could get to the edge, and and I thought that was a good good thing that Georgia did was figure out which back could do more damage mm-hmm. and get the ball to him. And From, for the most part, at least early in this game, 
looked like a pretty poised quarterback. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, was a little surprising that neither team could really get anything going on the ground just because how much of each of their offenses was sort of predicated that. But I guess going up against two tough front sevens, as we as you alluded to earlier, but yeah, interesting how it sort of unfolded. Not not the way that I expected it to. Bama's offense in that first half, and I don't want to put this on Jalen Hurts, but looked awful. Mm-hmm. Like as bad of a half of football offensively as I can remember watching Alabama play, includes you know the LSU games and the title where they won in that <laughs> oh, year wow. when they yeah. lost. And, and it was just bad offensive football. They couldn't run. They weren't getting anything off the line. But again, Hurts, while he ran the ball, Three for eight, 21 yards, never a threat to stretch the field. No. Felt like it was if it wasn't going to be a short intermediate pass, he wasn't going to throw the ball. Yeah, it felt like he, I think he ended up with, what, just 21 yards mm-hmm. passing in that first half. It's obviously the big reason why Nick Saban made that change. And you're right, it's, it's not fair to put all of that on him. The line during the first half was really getting pushed around, too. And then his receivers and Calvin Ridley, I don't think, had a catch in the first half at all. So no. it was, it's. Yeah, tough sledding all around, and obviously Tua gave them that sort of spark. And I think that just Georgia obviously didn't prepare to play against no. Tua, and that that spark sort of like set them off or set the set Alabama's course for the second half, and they were able to ride that momentum. You know, I would argue too that if they don't score that touchdown, if Hardman doesn't score that touchdown in the in the red zone, mm-hmm. Fromm gets him down there. And then they go to that wild dog offense with Hardman running it in. Thirteen nothing is a lot different than nine nothing. Mm-hmm. So maybe they don't make that move. Maybe they do. Maybe a little later. But when they got up thirteen nothing, Bama ball at the half. It's like okay, they have to do something. They have to get going. They need that spark. And I'll also say this too: quarterback is a, is a lot like. I mean, the magnitude of this game is what sets it apart. But the position of quarterback is a lot like goalie in hockey. Like you need that spark. So sometimes. It's not all on that player, but you need something to get through, not just to that mm-hmm. position, but to the rest of the guys. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the line of thinking. I'm sure that Nick Saban had making the move, and then it was good on him for not I mean, throwing just, Tua in at all yeah. during the first half. That way you don't give Georgia sort of that little window mm-hmm. that they might have to prepare for that wrinkle in the second half. So it was he obviously played it perfectly. I mean, and it just the out. guts on this guy. Saban, though. Like, who else makes that move then? Title game. No, it's, I can't think of I, I don't even think Urban Meyer would do it. No, probably not. It's yeah, it's pull JT Barrett out million, at halftime yeah. or yeah. I mean, because we got Hertz, who's won twenty four games, twenty five games as a starting quarterback mm-hmm. through two years. Took you to a title game last year, and he goes to Tua Tungvaloa. Who, by the way, I just want to point this out. I mean, Tungvaloa was a guy that we were all on high for the year, like how good he was in the spring game. Mm-hmm. Mariota School, this has been talked about, but the arm strength. And a lot of people said coming out of spring ball and recruiting that Saban's never had a quarterback that can stretch the defense and run like this. It's easy to say in hindsight, but it appears to be true. Yeah, and he obviously sets them up extremely well for the long term, up being just a true freshman. And they were really good about getting him like spot mop-up duty throughout the year. So obviously this wasn't his first live game action. But, I mean, the stage couldn't be any higher no. to put him out on. Second half trailing against a defense as good as Georgia's. But it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, if, I mean, I don't see how you can go back to Jalen Hurts after this, and he might end up transferring. But no. just, yeah, from a pure quarterback passing standpoint, yeah, two is the best 
passing quarterback that Nick Saban's had there. Just trying to rehash. It's Tua Tonga Valoya. Tua Tonga Valoya. There's a silent N in there, as I remember here. Tonga Valoya. We gotta yeah. we gotta know his name now. He's he made us earn it. So good thing Tua is so uh, yeah. distinct and easy to say. So people will always know who you're referring I know. to. Trying hard, um, but no. Matt Wittenberg, Money Mitch effect. This championship game, which was thirteen nothing at halftime, um, and then Tua comes into the game. There was one play in particular that opened everything up for me, and it was that third and seven play that he extended where he made Raekwon yeah. Smith whiff and bounced off a would-be tackler and moved it into Georgia territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Woke everybody up. That was an insane play. Obviously, it looked like, yeah, he was going to go down for a big loss, and then two Georgia guys run into each other, is able to cr- cut across the field, and, yeah, then they score their first touchdown on that drive. It's yeah, it, that's football Imagine. is such a momentum game, and then that play like setting the spark to just go on and have a scoring drive and to actually get the guys' confidence up I and mean, know that that they can come back. Before we rehash the rest of this game, I mean, I know his stats were good, and I wouldn't say necessarily great. 166 yards, 14 for 24, three TDs and a pick. Mm-hmm. You imagine being thrown into this game at any level of your career, like just no. thrown right <laughs> into it against that defense. No, it's insane. Down by two scores. I mean, it's a, t- it's a testament to him that he was able to perform on that. And you, he made some freshman mistakes. The the interception was terrible. And a little then tucking to run a little bit mm-hmm. too early sometimes, but the sack that he took in overtime, obviously it worked out, and he was able to complete the game winning pass. But yeah, he he made some mistakes. So, it, but it's a testament to him and to Nick Saban for getting him prepared for that moment. That throw to I'm trying to remember if it was the Ridley touchdown or the Rugs touchdown. Uh, the one where it was the one that tied the game, where he literally oh, that was Ridley when Ridley, Ridley. cut it off. I mean, he, yeah, like that might yeah. have been Ridley making the play of his season. It was, yeah, because <laughs> that looked who knows where that where that ball was just sailing straight to the back of the end zone, and then yeah, Calvin Ridley having the awareness to cut that ball off and jump out in front of him and tie the game. With Shout that. out to Riley Ridley too, who outperformed his brother statistically. Mm-hmm. I know he was dealing with a, a better, you know, a more stable position at quarterback and more tuned out routes, but he was cooking out there. Yeah, absolutely. He was the go-to guy in the first half for sure. And then from, yeah, second half outside of the uh, 80-yard bomb to uh, Hardman, he had a terrible second half. And that was so... Just to re- recap, Tua makes the play. It's thirteen seven. Okay, Bama's back. Like they got a mm-hmm. touchdown. It's one score game. And then from to Hardman, just yeah. a bomb. Great throw. Just unbelievable. Hardman stays yeah. in bounds. Like yeah, the tiptoe and with the defender the sort of rolling tiptoe. over yeah. his leg. And yeah, it, that was a really really good throw. That's obviously why they like him so much. And they didn't ask him to do a whole lot of that no. throughout the year. But I mean, the kid's insanely good too. As I mean, he didn't have the shiny moment that Tua had in that game, but I mean, this team, Georgia, is really well, set Fromm's, up for success. Fromm's a pro. I mean, yeah. that's the, right. Like, yeah, he's, I know he's, it's early, he's but, got the the pro build for sure. The pocket awareness. I, I would be stunned if he's not a first round pick in a couple of years. No, it'd be right? a like, really it big be, surprise. It would be shocking. Um, that that play and a couple others killed the under just for all you gambling fans out there. Just yeah, I, I know. Not it a good affected one. you. <laughs> not a good play in that game. But after that, if we're going to give credit out to other Bama players in this game, and not just players, but staff, how about Coach Pruitt and the job he did on that defense? Because after that play, what did Georgia do? Not much. Yeah, that's basically their only highlight of the second half, and other other than the interception. But when, and then Fromm, of course, threw an interception on the very next play, so it was a short-lived momentum burst. But you figure if that if 
Georgia scores another touchdown after that play, then game's going to be out of reach. And, I mean, there's no coming back from that. So, yeah, Coach Pruitt, obviously our good friend, Sean Sullivan, stoked on that. His uh, Tennessee Volunteers future head coach. And looks like he's getting a good one. But, obviously, I don't know if he's going to have those uh, athletes on their defense in Knoxville for a few years. Yeah, if you get Deron Payne on your team, okay. Because that pick changed everything. Two had just thrown a pick. It's like, okay, Georgia can really just put it out of reach. Mm -hmm. And then a D-line. Got a little bit lucky, yeah, just bouncing off his helmet. but It was a bad throw. It was luck. But he had athleticism to make that play. Yeah, he's a D-line. We're not talking about a five-star cornerback. tracking the ball in in the air. No, it it was a really good play. Yeah. There's always some luck involved in these games, though, but worked out for Alabama in that situ- situation. You also had the fight on the sideline with a coach and a player, which I thought is always an added drama. Usually that team <laughs> loses, and usually that player doesn't come back in the game and make a spectacular no, clothesline tackle. I can't remember tackle. who it was, but yeah, it's, that was, I think it was really intense. Brown, Mackay Brown, I want to say. <laughs> He's another guy that uh, we, we weren't sure if he was going to transfer, but just, again, uh, incredible... Uh, wherewithal by this Bama team to keep coming back. How about Harris? Najee Harris coming into the game. Another freshman yeah, comes mean, in. A California kid, so I don't know what Clay Helton's doing recruiting-wise. How <laughs> you got California and Hawaii leading Bama to the promised land. Hey, I mean, when uh, when St. Nick's calling for you, I mean, it's you you know that your, your floor is probably going to be barely missing the playoff, and then obviously your ceiling winning the national championship. So, I mean, that's that's a tough invite to turn down if you're a highly touted uh, football recruit. So, I mean, I guess can't put all of that fault on uh, Clay for letting them get away. It'll be Makai Brown, the player on defense, and uh, Jalen Hurts maybe on last chance you next year. Yeah, no we'll doubt. We'll see. Maybe ends up back with uh, Joey Saltwater down in Boca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, but no, Najee Harris had a great second half, fourth quarter, into, mm-hmm. you know, even into overtime, just getting his team into that position. But you just had the sense that Bama was going to win this. We had this predictable outcome for this game, right? It was going to end 23-20, to 20, mm-hmm. and then the kicking game reared its ugly head. Yeah, hey, I I felt so bad for that kid. Uh, Papanastos, I believe, yeah. I mean, he probably wouldn't have been allowed back on campus if they end no. up losing that what game. a bad shank that was too um not not even close yeah was... i do think there was a little miscommunication on the third down they, they wasted so much time and then just kneeled it into place yeah when... why not just if you're gonna settle mm-hmm. for a field goal just run the ball up the middle with harris get maybe seven eight yards and you'd still i mean georgia had no timeouts they yeah. couldn't stop the clock. they made a good point on the, about that on the uh, coaching on the yeah. coaches film breakdown with like how often do you pack practice that play with your backup quarterback with centering the ball for a field goal? That's why they brought Hurts in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's all situational, and then obviously they could have worked out better. I, I don't. I mean, the kid still should have made the kick regardless. But Not another one that screwed the under. I mean, that was just <laughs> ridiculous. But as we still continue along here, Money Mitch Effect, Matt Wittenberg, recapping the national championship game. It was. It got to overtime, and that was actually a moment where I thought Bama might lose because usually you get to that karma mm-hmm. situation and that everything even, evening out. And I just naturally thought of the kicking game. Yeah. I mean, even even before so, Blankenship nailed that 50-plus yarder. Yeah. How He's about- a great kicker, and that's half the battle in overtime. Yeah, you figure if it comes down to it, does is Nick Saban going to send out his kicking, kicking team on fourth down? Probably not. I mean, I guess it all depends on field position, but he just shanked a, what, 25-yarder to win the game. So you're 
confidence in him is minimal. But Were you surprised? I mean, it's not the right move, but given the circumstances, I'm kind of surprised Bama didn't take the ball first. I know no one does it, but you have no real kicking game. Yeah, so, so you I just want to just I mean, go out and point, try and right? score like, your touchdown, get you know, out of there. And then get your defense time to rest. Because at yeah. that point in the game, Georgia's offense had no momentum. So I don't think you know that side of it had anything to do with when they take the field. It's just right. about keeping your defense fresh. It's just something to think about. It wouldn't have shocked me with Saban. No. Nothing yeah. shocks me with Saban yeah, he's anymore. He's always playing those angles, too. So, But, yeah, the, kinda, I mean – Talk about a forgotten play, though, is that Blankenship field goal. Like, if obviously if Georgia oh, comes back and wins that game, then that's the Rose celebrated. Ball. Even the game they won, I think that's a forgotten mm-hmm. play. They were down 17. If they don't make that field goal, they're down three scores going into the second half. Yeah. And it was 55. I know it was a cool day in, in Southern California. But, right. But, I mean, that guy's had an unbelievable career and, and big kick after big kick. We saw him beat Notre Dame, mm-hmm. kicking on the road. Uh, yeah, probably going to be a uh, Groza favorite, I would think, going yeah. into next season. And maybe, then... maybe I'll transfer to ASU. Yeah, hey, kicker, <laughs> new kicker you, yeah. Um, so we get to overtime, and in that same field goal, I mean, they, Bama sacked from, so they pushed him back. Mm-hmm. Been my pet Unblocked peeve. on that play, Been my too. pet that peeve was... on overtime, too. I think you got to back the ball up. I'm, I'm on that camp. From the 20, yeah. 40, 50. Somewhere around there. I mean, I just they lost yards, so and you have a good kicker, and you can still get points. That's kind of where I'm at with that. But I, I yeah, I don't wholeheartedly disagree with that at all. I just like too far. I like how exciting yeah. college overtime yeah. is, though, especially compared to NFL overtime, where it can just end in a tie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Bama gets uh, the ball, and then we mentioned Tua takes the sack, which with his pick was as big of a mistake as he could make. Mm-hmm. So second and twenty six. Uh, well out situation. of field goal range. Well out of field goal range. I was shocked that they took that chance when they did. Um, not the deep. Not that you're going to go deep necessarily because that's always a play. Mm-hmm. I guess that's Saban catching them off guard. But still, three plays with those playmakers is a lot of time. They were definitely going to go into pass first mode. Yeah, you have to. But were you shocked? Were yards. you shocked that they just took the shot? Because it looked like definitely. every route. It was a four vertical route. It was that Seattle play that mm-hmm. Saban talks about. So they were going deep. Yeah, it was a. Really gutsy call, really gutsy throw by Tua, too, to make. And they did a really cool breakdown of it, him looking off the safety. I think they were in a cover two formation. The safety didn't shade back over to uh, Devontae Smith. So he trusted his arm, he trusted his wide receiver, and they made a hell of a play together. So freshman to freshman, too. So, I mean, how about that for uh, moving forward? <laughs> yeah, Freeman's only catch of the game, or in, uh, Smith, excuse me. Smith's only catch of the game. He, yeah, I know. Sorry. He's in Atlanta, too. I, I made the same mistake. Um, four, he's a true freshman. He's only played in four games. Didn't start any of them. And he does that. Wins the national title. Yeah. Another five-star just happened to be hanging out on the Alabama side. Like it, I, got, I don't want to give Saban too much credit. They have a lot of... I mean, I guess it's shit for recruiting. But they have yeah, a lot he of still ha- He still there. has to get them there. Um, but yeah. for me, it was a great breakdown. Uh, best thing I did see on Twitter, by the way, was uh, if I see another true freshman, I'll be convinced that you get worse as a football player the older you get, <laughs> which is pretty funny. I mean, Alabama I might credit, be a though. testament to that. Um, it looked it looked almost identical to the play that Penn State Todd Blackledge threw to beat Alabama in the title game. 30. Wow! Someone, yeah, that's a great comparison. Someone brought that up, and it looked very similar. Here and it was a great route, and it was a great job by Tua to look off the safety, make the play. The biggest thing for me was, and the coaches broke this down. I think someone was the one that broke this down. Hopefully not future Arizona Wildcats coach someone. Yeah, please now. But he broke this down. He said there was no jam at the corner in cover two, and 
you can get away with that at certain levels of football in certain situations. Mm-hmm. But you've got a five-star who's 4-4 speed. Safety did all he could. I mean, he got looked off, and he, he was hustling. He was cooking to get there. Yep. To a, through a dime. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he, he knew he's, a little, he's a little off. The safety, you know, if, if the throw's a little off, if the corner slows him up a little, probably not a touchdown. Yep. That's the difference in this game. Yeah, it's such a razor-thin margin. And, like, he knew where he was going all the way, especially once he looked the safety off. I mean, that was probably his first read on that play. So, props, yeah. I mean, I can't I can't sing the kids' praises enough for making being gutsy enough to make that throw. And then Smith doing a hell of a job just to turn on the afterburners and get that separation. And that was it. Bama's the, the champs. And I want to start with this in the, in the recap side of things. How do you get out of bed if you're a Georgia fan this morning? Oh, man. That is brutal. Especially if you're a Falcons fan to boot, which I'm sure there's a ton of ton of overlap with those two fan bases. But, yeah, that's that's a tough one. No doubt about that. It's uh, very reminiscent of the Falcons blowing it. Maybe not quite as bad, but you you guys had that game. Uh under control in the first half and yeah just the offense loses its rhythm they probably should have gone back to running the ball more in the second half from wasn't as effective throwing the ball so i mean we can look at the silver lining all day like they still have a bunch of yeah they still have a bunch of young talent kirby smarts doing an insane job recruiting that's the thing that's the side of it it's year two and a lot of those players were recruited by most of those players were recruited by rick Mm mm-hmm but it is year two, and the recruiting has been tops in the nation or near his first two years there. Yeah, they'll be back. It's just a matter of, I mean, obviously right now we're going to pencil these two teams into the SEC championship game already going more, into next year. And, and more players drafted out of Georgia than any state not last year in the NFL draft. That's insa- That's an insane stat. Isn't yeah, it? so obviously really fertile recruiting grounds, and then these teams are going to go head-to-head on recruiting these guys from the region, so... Yeah, and then Saban still has that uh, the streak of not letting any of his former assistants beat him. Just a Jedi mind trick, although this one was as close as I think it's gotten. No doubt, no doubt. You can't get much closer here. The quarterbacks handling themselves after Tua, you know, whether or not whether or not you're a religious person, it's cool to see him just down to earth, you know, and 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 really grasp yeah, the moment. Seems like a humble kid, yeah. yeah. Just plays the, plays the uh, ukulele too, which I'm kind of jealous of. Like the kids doesn't have enough going for him. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, National championship winning quarterback, ukulele player. But Hurts as well. I mean, Hurts is a guy that handled it with class. I'm A lot of people, like our mm-hmm. friend Ken Brown says, he's a coach's son, so he's been in that position before. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that if you're ESPN, and, and other than the Watch ESPN app, how slow it is, I don't have a lot <laughs> to, to really go out on a limb and criticize them for. But I don't know that I would necessarily have tracked him down. I, I get why they did it, but... It's a tough position to be in. He handled it amazingly. Especially for, yeah, 19-year-old kid, however, however old he is, gets benched in the national championship game. But, yeah, you're right. He couldn't have handled it any better. After Tua made a play on that drive that they scored their first touchdown, he's the first one out there giving him a high five, patting him on the back. You saw them talking with each other constantly on the sideline. So, yeah, that's that's one of the awesome parts of this this whole situations just seeing the way that Jalen Hurts handled it and yeah he's a what 24 and 2 quarterback like he's not used to that he probably hadn't been benched since grade school if that (laughs) so yeah it's it's really refreshing to see you know that in that situation so many guys would have handled it a lot worse than that so really really good props to him and I hope if he ends up in transferring or whatever however the situation shakes out I hope works out for the better for him well we got the 
you know, we also have the transfer season now. It's funny how mm-hmm. Wayne Kiffin was the one who said that he he thinks for sure Tua would have transferred if that if didn't he happen. Get and a lot of people think that. And now Will Hurts transfer. It's the name of the game there. Easton's already gone. Yeah. It's I mean, Washington. We know it's Washington. Yeah, it makes Tech too much sense. Pac-12 came out, but yeah. we know where he's going. I mean, he's yeah from there. Jake Browning's got one more year, so you figure, yeah, he'll slide in in 2019. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's quarterback's tough. You can only play one guy. So it's not like having so many, like, five-star running backs when you get even put, like, two of those guys on the field mm-hmm. at the same time. But, yeah, it's not an easy job. And you obviously want to go somewhere where you know you're going to play. So it's it's tough business, but, I mean, that's part of it. So saving the best ever? Is there even a debate now? No, he's he's the best ever. When he has to be six I mean, national championships. He tied Bear Bryant's record. Two but, different schools. But if you really look at those titles, how they're awarded, mm-hmm. who they beat, it's not really in the era too. It's not the same. Saban's the best. No, it's what he's no built. Doubt. I seventy five percent of the job probably would be recruiting. If I'm talking about what goes into yeah, being a college I mean, coach, that's my, might even be underselling yeah. it because you need those guys there to have anything to do if like they're literally the lifeblood of the I, program i would go further and say that as good of you, you have to know how to coach but it's also making the right hires trusting mm-hmm. the guys getting through it to replace guys like kirby smart that have left yeah and um the, you know, all lane the, goes yeah. and, and sark goes and they're still the beat just keeps going yeah it's and he's the one common denominator in all of it i mean we like i don't the hate is just because people are sick of him winning. Like, I mean, exactly. I, that's I, why I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have anything against the guy. He's an insanely good coach, and I respect the hell out of him. And I, to be honest, it's going to be a little bit of a sad day when he hangs it up, just because I know that we're probably never going to see anyone like that dominant. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a little refreshing to maybe get some more like right. teams involved and having a chance to win it. Because I mean, at this point, like especially going into next year, I mean. Everyone's playing for yeah. second place at this point. It's going to be so sad in 2048 when 95-year-old Nick Saban hangs it up. Because <laughs> I'm convinced he's got three decades left. Weird to see him so happy, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the post-game interview saying the happiest he's ever been. And, yeah, he was legit, like, jubilated. I've, I mean, I feel like that might be the first time you could ever use that word to describe Nick Saban. Even the past national championships, he'll, like, crack half a smile hand the trophy off and be like, all right, it's on to uh, recruiting. recruiting yeah. I can't believe I'm not recruiting right now. <laughs> I'm upset that he's coaching in the game. Yeah, well, he, he's got my vote for greatest ever, just what he's agreed, built, sustained, agreed. and both of those coaches, Belichick and Saban, were on the Brown staff before Arkansas <laughs> moved. I had to throw that in there because it's insane. That's so inauspicious. All right, Matt Wittenberg, Money Mitch Effect. Season's over. Sad. Always sad to see a season end. But it is. Went by really I mean, it always goes by really fast, but yeah, like I said, before you know it, Labor Day rolls around, the spring games roll around, we'll be right back into it. You got some title odds early, Bama, surprise, surprise, favorite at 5-2. to two. Mm-hmm. Clemson, yeah. though, second, 6-1, to one, and then you have Ohio State and Georgia, 8-1, to one. and I think Ohio State's thing is who's going to be the quarterback, can Haskins play every down? I mean, all, all those programs I just mentioned, that's the top four recruiting classes in the country. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so it stands to reason, right, that they, they put a lot of stock in those uh, recruiting rankings. You wonder who the next team is, because if you look further down Michigan, 
I mean, they got to get out of there to finish top three in their own half of the Big Ten. Yeah, is Shea Patterson going to be eligible for them next season? Because if if so, then I could sort of yeah. see what them justifying being that high. But I mean, yeah, they're ten to one. Penn State's twelve to one. You have Oklahoma eighteen to one. Both those two teams, you know, they have skill position needs, and then mm-hmm. it's the twenty-five to one range where somebody will emerge. You know, we're probably going to have Happens a playoff every year. Team come out of there. Washington, if they get Eason. Maybe they're the Pac-12 team. I mean, then with Darnold leaving at USC, there's there's a lot of voids. I feel like we, I mean, obviously players graduate, move on to the NFL, mm-hmm. but we're losing some mainstays this year. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, JT Barrett, obviously ending his illustrious 30-year career. So I know a lot of turnover. Especially, I mean, that's why Alabama being a so far ahead favorite because they have a true freshman coming into his second year on campus. Just having just led that miraculous comeback. So, I mean, the injuries happen, off the field stuff happens. But, I mean, like I said, at this point, everyone's playing for second place right now. Do you have a deep sleeper? Is it Arizona State? (laughs) (laughs) Even I'm not even that optimistic. I'm more of a realist now. So, I'll just tell you. I'll take a bowl game, though. If we can get one. Looking at the odds, if I had to just go deep sleeper, just 50 to 1, Texas AM. Jimbo is one of the best coaches in college football, and there's always talent there. Yeah, their quarterback situation is a little iffy too. Yeah. So not a not a title contending team, but nine ten wins. Someone can make me. some noise. Yeah. So, all right, we're done. It was uh, it was quite the journey. Heisman, though, any any thoughts on that going into next year? Yeah. Like we talked about it a little bit last night, but DeAndre Swift, Georgia's mm. new workhorse running back, he's obviously got a ton of talent, and he'll be the man next year. So, as far as quarterback, I mean. Alabama quarterbacks don't typically put up insane passing numbers, so it's going to be tough. I don't know if Tua would necessarily be a Heisman favorite. He'll be in the conversation just because it's Alabama, and they'll be probably undefeated or win 12 games. So he'll be up there in the conversation, and then Fromm will be up there in the conversation too. A lot of the guys from this game. My boy didn't turn pro, though. Love. I believe he's going back one more year. Nice. I mean, so, so he can finish second again and keep the Stanford tradition <laughs> yeah. alive. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. I would say Swift is a good one. Tua, I mean, we, we can go through through the heavy hitters a lot. Mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, he'll, he'll be like the guy there as well for Ohio State. Probably not going to throw the ball as much with the new quarterback taking the reins. A lot of, a lot of uh, options there. But, wait, this was fun. Thanks to you and a slew of others for breaking down college football season. Always happy to do it. Yeah, it's our favorite sport for a reason. Sad times that, that it's over now, but hey, we'll be back at it before you know it. We will. Thanks again for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. All right, big thanks to Matt Wittenberg and all the guests that talked college football this year. Really appreciate them. I know some calls went against Georgia. I, I, we didn't really address that, but you know, when, uh, when you blow a 13-point lead like that, it's not just the official, so that's all I'm going to say there. And I know it's not official that Bryce Love is coming back, but I think he might. You know, He's got a, a week to decide or so, a little less than a week, so I think he's looking at coming back. If not, then uh, I guess i got to reevaluate my Heisman uh, hopefuls. But thanks again to Witt and everybody that talked college football in a great 2017 season. Now it's time to talk about the program. Chris Miller joins the show. Wildcard Weekend is in the books. We break all that down, talk divisional round, and John Gruden's return to coaching. It's Chris Miller on the Money Mitch Effect.
All right, Money Mitch Effect. It's time to recap NFL Wild Card Weekend. We're in 2018 and back on the show again. Friend of the program, Chris Miller. Chris, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. It's always fun to talk football with you and uh, not an adult beverage. I, <laughs> otherwise, I'd ask you Sorry. to share. <laughs> totally, for, totally forgot to do that before we started recording. My bad. But no, it's all good. Um, every year in Wild Card Weekend, we, we get ready for the meaningful football games and the unexpected. And here yeah. was a great example of that because you had all of these playoff games where we thought maybe one or two would be unpredictable, and lo and behold, every single one had an element of unpredictability in it. I mean, you really don't know what's going to happen in this league. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I think the Jags-Bills game was fairly predictable mm-hmm. based on the injury to McCoy you know, the <laughs> yeah. week before. Had but, some intrigue, though. I mean, yeah, we'll, get well to, of course, but, yeah. of course. But the rest, of, the rest of the games, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of excitement for sure. There was some home teams that just didn't get the job done on Saturday, and that's where we're going to start. It was an interesting weekend where you consider that the home teams go 0 for 2 on Saturday and they sweep on Sunday. But I think a lot of people, if they were pressed to say who their favorite home lock is, not even talking gambling or just who which home team is going to win, a lot of them would probably pick the Kansas City Chiefs over everybody. Yeah, I mean... I mean... <sighs> It's Chiefs, the Chiefs, though, outrageous. I mean, like, they like, lost like, that game to that Titans team. Yeah, I mean, you're up twenty-one to three at home in in the loudest stadium in the NFL. You got you got to bring home that W. But that game kind of reminded me a bit of I think it was a 2013, 2014 season. The Chiefs the played Colts the, the Colts. Yeah, same sort of deal. That you got a, a relatively young NFC or AFC South quarterback. Big lead and they blow that one. That was in Indianapolis, though. Like that was that wasn't a home game, but it had a lot of the same sort of feel to it, though. Where uh, the first half of the game, the Chiefs just looked like they were gonna roll. You know, they were unstoppable, and then that plucky young quarterback just sort of how somehow just makes things happen. It was it was fun. Yeah, only I mean the final of this one twenty two twenty one. That game was in the forties, so that was even more. <laughs> Way more yeah. offense in there. And the home team was willing that plucky quarterback back in Indianapolis. In this one, yeah. you were in Kansas City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As horrible as a loss as you can imagine. All props to Marcus Mariota for for willing his team back. I don't know if that's even a debate anymore, him versus Jameis. But I think this guy looks like the yeah. signal caller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause I, and I mentioned this team, like... I don't know what weapons that they really have. Decker was dropping passes all over the place. He did catch one. He, yeah, had a, he had a great the, touchdown, the catch. touchdown catch. Yeah, yeah. But they they are not the deepest team from a skill position-wise. And before we get to the other side of the ball, Kansas City's defense, just atrocious in the second half. They were up and down all season. Yeah. Had some down moments. I mean, the Jets put 38 on them, 38 up on them earlier in the year. Yeah. Good first half, and then just gashed left and right by Derrick Henry running the football, Mariota making plays. Seven for seven were the Titans on third down in the second half. That can't happen if you yeah. want to win any game. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and the, the Chiefs have had issues with the run defense all year. So I, I'm not surprised that the Titans' exotic smash mouth uh, really started chewing up massive yards uh, in the second half. And Derrick Henry, jeez, he was, what a he game. was, just, was a coming he was, out he was, party. Yeah. No Murray, just him. Bell yeah. Cal back. Didn't really play that well against the Jags week 17. Yeah, and then here he comes. I mean, it was it was fun to watch him play. Mariota threw a touchdown to himself, so you thought, okay, like they're, they're going to need some breaks. And there's always an element when you come back. That's eight, what turned around the game. That you, was the game changer right there. When you come back from 
you know, 18, 21 down. Even the Patriots in the Super Bowl last year. There's an element of luck to it. Like, you need oh, some yeah. breaks to well, go your yeah. way. I mean, you had, like, the Edelman catch, obviously. I mean, that was mm-hmm. an amazing catch, but there was definitely mm-hmm. some luck to it. And in similar fashion, that Mariota touchdown uh, off the deflection, which was amazing to watch and hilarious at the same time, that changed the game. I think that just swung the entire momentum for them. It did. It did. And, and I still think, though, the other side of the ball is where a lot of this focus is going to be on. Because I'd have to ask you this question. We were talking before we started. I know the Chiefs blew it hugely. They didn't score points at all in the end of this game. Yeah. How much of that do you think was Travis Kelsey going out? Because this isn't an, a pro ball tight end who makes that offense go. He goes out and their offense looked totally different without him. Yeah, well, I mean, anytime you lose a Pro Bowl receiver any position, you know, whether it's a wide receiver or tight end, your offense is going to hurt. But they still have so many weapons. They still have Kareem Hunt. They still have Tyreek Hill. You know, they have Albert Wilson, who's not, you know, he's not a phenomenal wide receiver, but he's he's a good receiver. But, yeah, Kelsey, I mean, especially the closer you get to the end zone, he's that big target. He's that, he's that safety valve for Alex Smith, especially with – you know, those exotic blitzes being dialed up by Tennessee. You know, he's the guy that Alex Smith is, is looking for, and he's not there. So it definitely definitely changed the, the, the game for them. But they still have enough pieces in place where they still should have been able to you know, pull I, this off. I think that's going to be a sizable dent in their passing game because other than Hill, I don't know who else really scares you on that team. But I do agree with you. They should have run the ball more. They got way too uh, passive yeah. with you know, they gave Kareem Honey, led the league in rushing. Like, the Titans have a good interior, but they're yeah. not this scary, imposing defense. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty shocked that they're in the divisional round, let yeah. alone made the, actually made the playoffs. But more power to them. I mean, Malarkey was all but gone if they lost this game. How crazy is that? That comeback saved his job. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, he still may be on his way out. Who knows? I mean, I think he's he's definitely, I think, probably gotten himself one more season. And I've, You just got to get a, an, an OC then, right? We got to develop Mariota a little bit. And I'm saying that as just a fan of what I want to see out of good young quarterbacks. Like, I don't know if Mar- Mariota is necessarily hurting the development side. Like, He looks like he's pretty developed. Like, I mean, yeah. he's still pretty young. Right, so, but add you him know, with this somebody. This his third year in the NFL. Yeah, but add so. somebody like a guru. Like yeah. imagine a McVay, a Kyle Shanahan working with him. I mean, sure, yeah. sure. But I think what he really needs is he just needs some weapons around him. I and mean, he's got Derrick Henry, who definitely came out this game. Uh, you know, he's got Delaney Walker, who's who's a great tight end when he's on the field. Outside of that, yeah. What? Ooh, Eric Decker, maybe. I mean, Eric Decker had the had a, a phenomenal touchdown grab on a, <laughs> on a bullet pass, but other than that, uh, he wasn't really there much. So. You give him some weapons, and with their pretty darn good defense, like that, that could be a, definitely a competitive team in the future. Well, the Titans are moving on to Foxborough. An unbelievable upset to start <laughs> the playoffs. Yeah, Joe Montana is still the last Chiefs playoff home winner at quarterback. Wow. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> That's a great stat it's right pretty, there. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, it was a, uh, a bittersweet game because Monday Night Football lost the broadcaster that game, which we'll get to in a little bit during yeah, the end of the show. Allegedly, <laughs> that was hilarious. That was it was a, they were they, it was like a bad breakup on air. It was really tense. I don't like, know what part was was more like like weird slash humorous to me that moment or when John Gruden was trying to show everybody on TV the video. Of uh, <laughs> <Brad> Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> what if, so, what if the out. wrong video had come up? How about that? <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> just throwing that out there. All right. Uh, Money Mitch Effect, Chris Miller. The other Saturday night game. 
And what I was really looking forward to, maybe as much as any game going into this weekend, was Rams-Falcons. Yeah. And I did not, full disclosure, whiffed on that Chiefs-Titans pick. Thought the Chiefs would win that game pretty handedly. Yeah. Got this one, though. Falcons outright over the Rams. And okay. call me, maybe it was just I wanted to go down with the ship, you know, that I was <laughs> sailing in on. Okay. But I saw a lot of talent on this Falcons team, the same team that went to the Super Bowl and should have been Super Bowl champs. Yeah. And it just had that formula of the Rams are good, they're on their way, but they got here maybe a little too quick. They never played in a game like this, even though it was at home. I like the Falcons to win. Now, sure. obviously – the first thing to start out with is how bad the Rams special teams played and what really set them back and probably was the difference yeah. maker. But you got to couple that with the fact that the Falcons offense came alive and made plays. Yeah, definitely. You know, when you have a situation like this where you have two teams that are that are playing top-notch football and you get into the playoffs, I mean, it, it ultimately comes down to experience and coaching. And the Falcons had, you know, a lot more postseason experience, obviously. You know. um, I think the Rams will be back next year. But, uh, yeah, the Falcons had it going on. And if, uh, where was this Julio Jones, you know, <laughs> when I needed them? Uh, early <laughs> fantasy. My fantasy team. And not uh, just, yeah, I mean, not just Julio, but Sanu had a good game. Yeah, Devontae Freeman uh, had 66 good yards. He had a real, like, tough power run touchdown. But I think ultimately what this came down to was the, the, the fumbles by Farrell Cooper. So really, yeah, it was brutal. But I do have another stat for you. 11 right, and 0. The Falcons are when they scored 20 points this season. Wow. All this time when they were struggling, when it was like, what's wrong with the Falcons? Why can't they beat the Dolphins or the Bills? It wasn't their defense. No. It was their offense. And that defense is yeah. still, I would argue, underrated. Maybe it's because of how good the offense played last year throughout yeah. that record-setting season. But they have a very good defense that I think finally people are understanding because that Rams offense was clicking on all cylinders. And the Falcons went in on the road and, and pretty much shut them down for about – Two and a half quarters of that game. Yeah, I think Tack McKinley was sort of having flashbacks to the Coliseum. <laughs> that maybe he was going. He thought maybe Sam Darnold was back there yeah, going oh, after an SC well, quarterback. Yeah. he was all over uh, Jared Goff yesterday. I mean, he he looked good. He looked everything like the Falcons expected him to look like, and that was that was a lot of fun. You know, he's one of those guys that I'm that I'm rooting for. You have to have a lot of speed to to do what they did to the Rams because the Rams' offense is built on speed, not the most yeah. physical bunch. Yep. So to have guys like Alfred in the secondary, Beasley, who I'm a fan of as well, and then McKinley, as you said, that was the side of the ball. The Falcons' offense took a little bit to get going. There was a lot of just punts going back and forth yeah. in the beginning of that game. But when the Falcons' offense did get going, Matt Ryan started to make those throws that very few in this league can. Yeah, he, he looked great. I mean, look, I think Matt Ryan, I mean, granted he was MVP last year, but outside of that one year, he, he, I think he's one of those quarterbacks that doesn't get a lot of respect and he definitely looked like a quarterback who deserved it yesterday, for sure. It was the game that a lot of people who had watched the Falcons had been had been hoping for, to see that, that team come together. Because they were my argument for how stacked this NFC playoff field is. Yeah. You know, in the AFC, they could have worked all this out and still gotten a three or four or five seed. Yeah. But in the yeah. NFC, they're fighting for a spot to the last week of the season. Yeah. I mean, the Falcons, I, I, the Falcons and the Saints... And the Rams were three teams that we had talked about earlier in the year that I said, you know, these are teams that people don't want to go up against uh, in the postseason. We know we talked about Philadelphia, too. We probably talked about them some more. Mm -hmm. They obviously lost a little firepower without Wentz, but the Falcons are dangerous. I mean, it, it's not much different 
you know, not a much different team than they were last year. I mean, d- different OC, but other than that, same team. So they're they're scary, and uh, yeah, they're going to put some fear into some people. And I, and I know Rams fans are, are just getting used to this. My condolences to all you Rams fans who spent two years, and now it's uh, it's a drought going on out yeah. in L.A. But in all seriousness, I think they're they're building something. Like I know it's a lot of cliches that are being said, but who expected them to be this good already? I no, I didn't. You know, sometimes it just takes uh, a little bit of change of the culture, which yeah. is, you know, something we'll talk about <laughs> a little later on the show. Mm. You know, sometimes you just need someone who's going to come in there and just sort of shake things up a little bit and change the way the the, the players, you know, approach the game. And I think McVay does, has done that there. You know, and it nothing against Fisher. I think Fisher's a great coach, but I think it was just sort of his time oh, to come. You know? Really? You think he's a great coach? <laughs> I do think he's a oh, good coach. Wow. Okay, that's your, that's your contrarian argument. Okay. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, but okay. no, I, I think it was just, I think... The culture change, I understand. They need I, the culture change. I, I, I think it was a fresh idea. He's an offensive guru already, and the combo with him and Wade Phillips has worked. Yeah. They ran into a good Falcons team that has that, that this might not be their only game that they win this postseason. So, you know, we'll see we'll see where the Rams go, but it's a good start for for building the foundation of something uh, in LA. Yeah. Chris Miller, Money Mitch effect. All right. Well, briefly on Bills Jags because we kind of have to talk about it. But uh, it's a my game god, <laughs> <laughs> my god! I mean, talk about setting football back a, a hundred years. I think I think going back to to Matt Ryan, I think he probably had more yards in like a couple of possessions than <laughs> Blake Bortles had all game. 87 yards passing? It was 3-3 three to three at halftime. And, and, <laughs> and the Bills scored three points and they covered this game. Like, <laughs> that's how ridiculous this is. Like, I don't even... It's, it's crazy, but... Yeah. Um, props the, to the Jags defense? <laughs> well, yeah, I think this yeah. game sort of played out exactly as I had envisioned it. I thought From the a Bills margin were, standpoint, right? From like the the Jags would just ride. I mean, did you honestly expect ten three? Because that's well scoring. Okay, maybe I took a thing. few more points, yeah. but I figured the Bills were going to struggle with with a, a hampered Deshaun McCoy. I mean, he definitely looked like he was. Props to him. He gave it a go. Yeah, but he definitely looked like he was hurt out there. He he was not himself, and this Jags defense is too good to be putting out a. a you know, a fifty percent running back, and this is this is where they miss someone like Mike Gillisley on their team. I mean, that this is where you know him being gone really hurts. Or them. just any viable second option to yeah. help because yeah. McCoy had some flashes, but he couldn't be the bell cow this game. No, uh, Taylor. This was. I mean, look, I'm not the biggest Tyrod Taylor fan. Um, I know he was battling, and, and I hope he's all right after that hit he took from Fowler at the end of that game. But this is the worst matchup for a quarterback like him that relies on his feet, isn't the most accurate, and yeah. is playing against a bunch of pit bulls in that secondary that guard everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't just him. Like, the receivers weren't getting open. When we watched that game, like, there was just locked down city in the secondary. This is the secondary without Jalen Ramsey that looked really good. Bouye looked really good yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, again... Big props to Clayus Campbell. Uh, he will definitely go down as the best free agent. Signing. He's got to be D Player of the Year, right? I mean, I would think. I it, he is in That's my what book. I vote for. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if I had a vote, which I don't, but if I did, and props to the Jags for sort of make, going with that three four defense and putting him out as a defensive end. I mean, that's <laughs> that's really seemed to work out for him. He 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 definitely. Uh, Makes it hard to get the edge on that. Yeah, and he takes two or three blockers yeah. with him too. So Ram- Ramsey's pick at the end was great. I, 
Peterman coming in and yeah. getting the fourth down and then yeah. getting a first down was like, whoa, another variable. Yeah. Um, but, hey, on the offensive side, the Jags just didn't let Bortles ruin the game. So that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and Fournette had a, had a pretty decent game. Um, but for the most part, uh, pretty boring. Uh, <laughs> pretty boring game, not going to lie. But just think about that. Though, it did right? not feel like a playoff Burles, game to me. Eighty-eight you know? yard, eighty-eight yards rushing, one more yard than he had passing in this game. So pretty interesting. <laughs> we got a dual threat Bortles now. All these great stats you're just throwing out. Yeah, just you know, I studied up today, man. It's football. You we got to get going. I apparently, did not do mine, but you, you are all but over. When I say Bortles didn't ruin the game, I, there's there's some truth in that because in a game like this, and he had no picks, he was not throwing well, but. In a game like this, you take a chance, you throw a pick, you could lose the game. Very well, that could have been the deciding factor because the Bill defense played really tough. Yeah. I, and I want to just say great job to the Bills for what they did this season. Nobody had them going this this far, as far yeah. back as the offseason when they traded away most of their good players. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. You know, and it's it's good to see them back in the playoffs. Are they good enough to be there next year? Uh, maybe <laughs> make some moves, get some. I mean, they got picks maybe. now from some of those trades. They were yeah. able to finagle some picks, and yeah. But they also sort of backed into this place. I mean, they did win their game. They did win week seventeen, yeah. but yeah, you know, the Baltimore losing to Cincinnati also sort of put them into the playoffs as well. So and sneaking in all those tables to Jacksonville, that was a nice little <laughs> push there. So, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it was good to see them back. Too bad the game stopped <laughs> for the most part. Hey. But you know. Uh, I think what this what this did prove, though, is what we've been saying, you know, all season is that Jags defense is legit. We got one more step for you, and then we're going to go to the next game. This game is the lowest scoring wild card game in history. Wow, that's <laughs> all that one. But you know, it was I think it wow. was thirteen total points. If you had to tell me that a game involving Borles and Taylor was going to be the lowest score, I'd probably agree. <laughs> so I don't. I don't I'm, still had Fournette. I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's just wow, ten to three. Yeah, um, I mean, what Fournette had? Oh, fifty-seven yards rushing. I mean, oh wow, let's hey. be dancing in the streets. Yeah, <laughs> rookie of the year. Uh, rookie of the year, maybe. Uh, all right, yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. All right, money and money, Mitch effect. Last game to talk about this weekend. Chris Miller on the show to break down the NFL and Wild Card Weekend. Speaking of Alvin Kamara, yeah. Saints and Panthers. That was a good unintentional segue. Buddy. Yeah, it was a good unintentional segue. Yeah. The Saints win. They sweep the Panthers three times this year. Thirty-one to twenty-six. They were dancing with the broom in the locker room after the game. But thirty-one <laughs> twenty-six in a game that the Saints had firm control of for most. Yeah. But the Panthers came, snuck in and almost uh, stole the game. It was it was pretty incredible to and, say the and least. I think the score definitely is a lot closer than the game really was. But, yeah, I mean, it definitely got exciting at the end. Uh, that long uh, catch and run by, by McCaffrey to, to give the, the Panthers an, a An up and point. down rookie year, he's finished very strong. Had his growing pains early, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's to be expected. You know, I think he's, he's only going to grow. He's only going to get better. He's definitely fun to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's every bit as fun as I think people expect him to be. Here's here's what I'll say. You said something I think is mostly true. It, the game got closer than it was. It was, you know, the Saints were up by a lot, and then the Panthers came in, and you know, we'll talk about the Saints going forward on fourth down. Yeah, but I think I think I don't have these numbers in front of me. I think the Panthers might have outgained the Saints in this game, and watching it early. It was 21 to 12 at halftime, Chris. Three touchdowns for the Saints, four field goals for the Panthers. Yeah. They just could not score in the red zone. 
Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to for me. When you get to this time of year, you have to be able to put in seven uh, a good amount of the time. And the Panthers couldn't do that. And I think that well, they had a drop anything. touchdown pass. Yeah, well, that's part of it the, too. Yeah, I mean, that was – Newton put that ball pretty much uh, in about as perfect a spot as he could. And Clay just couldn't put his hands on it. Cam's, he got his hands on it. Yeah. He just couldn't reel it in. Cam's I mean. an interesting guy to, to uh, evaluate because sure. – some of those are on his receivers, not giving him any help. Other times, he just blatantly overthrows his receiver and makes bad decisions. But, so but then, but, yeah. but then you get this. Yeah. But then you get what we saw Cam in the end of this game, willing his team back too. So, it was yeah. a fun game. I mean, I was I was impressed with not only you know Cam, but obviously this was the Drew Brees game mm-hmm. because all season they were built up to. We're a two-headed running monster. We have more weapons than you. We don't have to rely on Brees anymore. Carolina, a great defensive team, says okay. We're just going to take away this running game. We're going to do everything we can. Yeah. And Breeze dialed it back because he had to and bailed this team out. It was. It's why I watch football, to see these little chess matches. Yeah, well, Ingram and Kamara, at, at the, going into this game, they were the first running back duo to total 3,000 total yards of offense. From scrimmage, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, both of them, yeah, 1,500. Uh, Ingram's obviously mostly in the rush. Kamara more balanced, almost 50-50 between the rush and, uh, and receiving. And yeah, Kamara, 23 yards rushing, one touchdown. Ingram, 22 yards rushing. Tough but, to run on the Panthers. But then Drew Brees, 376 yards passing. I mean, that's that's classic Brees. And he's another guy that it sounds crazy, but in the Brady, being under the Brady Manning now Roger shadow, I don't think he gets enough respect. <laughs> Isn't that weird to say that right? Drew Brees doesn't get enough respect? But I think you're right. He's Hall of Fame, like all time, probably top ten ish, top fifteen for sure, quarterback ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a first ballot for sure. I mean, we're, that's just why I look at it. But no, they needed him to be be the old Drew Brees in this game because well, the running game was not there, and he delivered. And that's what makes this Saints team so scary. Is most of the year they're doing it with solid defense and a run game, which is not something you you mm-hmm. think you'd ever say about the Saints. And so what do, what do the Panthers do? They shut down the run game. They did what they should have done. So the Saints just pass all over them. I mean, that's, that's, that's how dangerous that. this it's offense is. team to beat. It's, it's frightening. You know? My Buckeyes showing up good, too. You had Michael Thomas, yeah. Ted Ginn with the touchdown. Ted he Ginn, still can run. Yeah. Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore and, and Von Bell with the sack at yeah. the end of the game. Yeah. A lot of Buckeyes on this team. And I know he's not a Buckeye, but, but how about Cam Jordan today? He, oh, he, yeah. looked, he was all over the place, too. I mean, he yeah. was he was playing some inspired defense. He's going to get Drew Brees a bottle of wine for beating the Panthers <laughs> three times in the season. So Nice. Good for him. Uh, or do you weigh in on the... Cam Newton concussion situation. I don't know if you saw any of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly how serious it was. Uh, I mean, they cleared him to play, so what can you say? Uh, it definitely, when I watched the play at first, though, and even the replay, it didn't really look like he got drilled in the head that badly. And initially, they were saying something about a poked eye. I don't know how a poked eye would make you like fall down to your knees on your way out, but... I, um, it, it, we're in that gray area again of... Yeah, I'm with you. It did not look like a concussion, but it was weird that he just fell down. Yeah. By the letter of the law, they didn't take him to the locker room area. Yeah. But it's also safe to say that there's a lot going on. Like, you know, I don't well, I don't think this is blatant, you know, negligence on the NFL or the doctor's part. But yeah. I also don't think Cam Newton's going I, to. I, I he's going to lie if he has to to stay in that game, too. That's the other thing. Well, sure. But 
ultimately, I don't think they have to take him back to the lab. They're allowed to do some sort of evaluation on the sideline first, right? right? Okay. And then... If it's a concussion, if you it's, go back. If, if, yeah. the, if the sideline evaluation reveals that, yeah, it's a concussion, then they have to take him back to the locker room. I just want to point out how hard this is to do in real. Like, we're struggling explaining it. Imagine real time. Oh, Noise yeah. blaring. Game's not stopping for you. And all this is going on. Yeah, so. it's, it, it, you'll have an easier time determining what is and isn't a catch. I well, think. let's not go that far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when he was hobbling off the field, like sort of woozy, it definitely looked like a concussion. But when I watched the replay, I was like, I didn't. It didn't look. There wasn't any helmet to helmet. Yeah. It was yeah. shoulder to chest. Well, not like Tyrod Taylor when he got slammed down at the end of that game. And you're like, yeah. that looks like a concussion. Yeah, right. It wasn't one of those plays where you're like, oh man, he he got his bell rung. It didn't look like that. But then again. You just never know because sometimes you just get hit and your head snaps back in mm-hmm. such a way and that can cause a concussion. It doesn't have to necessarily be your head slamming into something physical. It could just be the whip of your neck and that causes your brain to rattle around. Yeah. So. Well, I was glad he was able to finish the game and make it an exciting one. Yeah. Uh, Sean Payton going for it on fourth down though at midfield. That <laughs> that was very interesting. Yeah, it's, I, it's not one of those moments where you need to be aggressive and he just... Decided to be aggressive. I guess he was like, you know what? Let's just make the game fun. Let's just <laughs> why not, right? Who cares? We're already I not like, cover it in gambling, so He's why like, not? you know what? Across the, across the field is Riverboat Ron. I'm going to out-Riverboat Ron. I was like, can Brees <laughs> pump when they snapped the ball? My dumb brain was like, can Brees kick like Brady and Roethlisberger have done before? Just do a little pooch kick? That would be great. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it made the game exciting. And, um, you know, it was, it was fun to see Drew Brees be classic Drew Brees. It was. It was. Well, all right, Chris Miller, time has come. I want you to tell me what you think of the new Raiders coach. You got your, <laughs> you got your zip. Oh, I did. It's <laughs> official. They, coach. They, yeah, they yeah. tweeted it out about 30 seconds after ESPN <laughs> went off the air. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe I think Alleged. it was still on. But we saw six, six right now coaching vacancies that now five with Gruden going to the Raiders, the first one hired. Yeah. Um, Surprise! It wasn't more, but then again, the dumb Browns decide to keep Hugh Jackson and, and a lot of just a lot of guys that were yeah. And Marvin Lewis is sticking around. Which, amazing. That 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 baffled that baffles me actually more than Hugh Jackson. Oddly enough, Jimmy Haslam said he hasn't lost any of the magic. He went one in thirty-one. <laughs> what magic? Well, if you don't have any magic, yeah. you can't lose it. Good point. Yeah, he should have said that. Um, <laughs> you know, but that one and then Vance Joseph, who I thought was a goner too. Yeah, now I just woke up on the right side of bed that morning and was like, "Stick around another I, year." I honestly, I thought that was uh, he was he was you know, when we were talking about our over under. He was on my list. We were at six and a half, and it just snuck under. Yeah, and Malarkey, another one. Like if they lose, we Malarkey, we hit over. Yeah. So yeah, um, well, and I had Caldwell as actually a soft a soft yeah. one, and he ended up going. So uh, that that sort of surprised me. But Gruden being the only guy hired so far and going back to the Raiders, the Raiders yeah. had fired Del Rio, who by the end of the year you would come to terms with, this is a real possibility, yeah. they fire him. I can't imagine what it's like to be fired by Mark Davis, but they're fi- they fire him. He probably did it at Chili's <laughs> knowing Mark Davis. <laughs> yeah, with like with hey. sauce on his hands, yeah. like wiped it on him like, sorry. <laughs> hey, Jack, do you like riblets? Here yeah. you go. By the way, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, just so sorry. You wanna, you're going to eat that? Um, <laughs> yeah, want some baby bags? But John Gruden, back in the NFL, nine years of broadcaster, was the Raiders coach. We all know the story. But how do you feel as a fan about him being the guy to lead this Raiders team that still there's a lot of potential and high hopes for? Yeah, you know, um, I know that Raider Nation, for the most part, I think if you talk to the majority of the fan base, I think 
people are electrified about this pick. You know, people have been wanting Chucky back since uh, Al Davis traded him away to begin with. Me, I'm happy. I think he's a great coach. I'm a little lukewarm, partly just because I think they're they're throwing a ton of money at him. Granted, it doesn't count against their cap. Ten um, years, hundred mil. Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of feels like a little a little bit of a desperation move. But at the same time. I think Gruden's a great coach. Uh, he's obviously hasn't been spending these these last nine years just sitting on the couch, you know, eating mm-hmm. Cheetos. He's been watching game film. He's studied every team every week to get ready, you know, to be an analyst. But Judy Batista uh, had an article on NFL.com that brought up some some pretty good points. Like last time he coached, the CBA was very different. He's a pretty strict coach. He's he's known for being you know uh, a discipliner, and some of the ways you know he leads like you can't practice the way he would want to practice because those rules have changed. He hasn't coached with this newer crop of players, but at the same time he's 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 spent a lot of time talking with a lot of the quarterbacks and stuff, doing his uh, his Gruden like, QB camp or yeah. whatever they call it on ESPN. So it's not like he's been removed from these guys. He's a brilliant mind. And my favorite quote from who may potentially become the Raiders, hopefully, uh, next quarterback coach, uh, Gannon, said, look, Derek Carr better get ready to work his butt off. And if he does, John Gruden will have him more prepared than he's ever been to go into a game. And he'll know what the defense is going to do before the defense even knows it. So this is interesting for me. I'm 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 a little surprised you're as upbeat with this move in particular, the return of Chucky to the Bay Area. I think it's it's a very intriguing move that I'm the jury's going to be out for me for a while because a hasn't coached in nine years, totally different landscape. Right. Right, which is the, sort of the point that, and that Judy was making. most yeah. people that have come back after this long of a layoff have not done well. Yeah. Dick Vermeil is like the exception. Yeah. I mean, the last time the Raiders hired a head coach that back after a long hiatus, so it was Art like the Shell. one year. Yeah, the, the Art Shell for one yeah, year. Yeah, Art Shell. Wow, good times. Yeah. Well, that did go over though, very but, well. But, yeah, and then you have the fact that Gruden as a coach, I think he was a good coach. I, I wouldn't. It's hard for me to classify as great because he had some pretty mediocre years. And some sure. of his biggest moments didn't really pan out the way he would have liked. I mean, won the Super Bowl at Tampa Bay. A lot of that team was Dungy's team. Yeah, he won the Super Bowl with Dungy's team and playing against the, the Raiders team that he knew, that he bagging, knew yeah. like the back of his hand. Yeah. I, I think it could work. I think it's all going to be about how you build the staff. And can he get through to these younger players after such a long layoff? That's the thing. Like when... When you get comfortable on a booth, when you get comfortable on TV, you're away from the grind. Can you dive in full force and still have the same you know, ability to get through and, and, and win at a high level? It's tough to do. Well, I will say this. I think, I think he's going to bring some energy. I mean, even Charles Woodson is talking about wanting to make a comeback now oh, that wow. Gruden, Gruden is uh, going to be on the sidelines again. So I think already you're going to see some, some enthusiasm amongst the players. And again, like we talked about before with the Rams, I think the culture change. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love Jack Del Rio. I think Jack Del Rio is a good coach. You know, I I was you know kind of bummed to see him go. I I understand why he why he's gone, but he was he he wasn't a discipliner. He and if you watch this team this this year, they 
They were not prepared for these games. They were very undisciplined, and I think Gruden's going to change that. He's going to he's going to bring more of that that stricter culture to this team, and he's going to have them in line, and he'll he'll have them ready. He'll we'll have see. them ready to play. It's going to be about getting through to Carr. If he can get the best out of Carr, like you said, Gannon and, and some of the people are high on that opportunity. Yeah, watch out because that's where I think I think Carr regressed a little bit this year. He did. So, he definitely did. But again, I, I know we talked about this a bit. I think a lot of that had to do with the back injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, their offensive line kept getting banged up. I mean, Donald Penn wasn't 100% a lot of no. this year. Um, and then obviously he was out with the, what, the last two games. So I think that was a, a big part of it. And um, But yeah, if, if Gannon ends up coming in and being the QB coach, which is one of the hypotheses, I think that's going to be great. I think... He will bring a great work ethic because, I mean, Gannon, the only person who probably spends more time in the film room than Rich Gannon is going to be John Gruden. <laughs> and I th- so I think he's going to bring that, that work ethic. And obviously, you know, as a former Raider, he's going to, he commands the respect. And it's not like he's, you know, a ghost around there. He's still a present, still present at the, at the facility. Yeah. Um, and he's been really critical of the team. And I think for good reason. And I think oh, yeah. I think it's... him being there will be will be good for the team because I think he part of the reason why he's been so critical is because he loves the team. And I think he'll bring that passion and that work ethic. And um, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's. I want to say I'm excited, but I'm like, yeah, I am <laughs> ish. Yeah, ish. you're yeah. excited ish. But okay. you know, I, look, they they they. They were pretty sad this year. They needed so. something, so yeah, we'll see what. And I think that's. I, I think it's going to be a, a, a good, good move in the end. All right. Well, Chucky, back in the Bay Area, uh, Chris Miller. This was fun. Quickly, who do you like this weekend? It's mm. early, and and some of the lines have already came out. The Titans are thirteen point underdogs already. Yeah, in New I'm going to go ahead and not pick the Titans. Um, Gambling wise, it's going to be tough. I mean, as outright winners, how about this though? The Falcons are already favorite. At home, over the number one seed eagle, or on the road, I should say, over the number one seed Eagles. First time that's ever happened. Vegas said today, so that's an interesting one. God, I think Um, think Saints Vikings. Saints Vikings is gonna be a fun game. I think that's the game that I'm looking forward to seeing the most. And I honestly, I'm I'm curious to see if the Jags can can go into Pittsburgh a second time. And do what get, they did. Uh, I don't uh, think they will. Breaking news: They're probably not going to do what they did. <laughs> <laughs> Two pick it's sixes. Just in. <laughs> Two pick sixes. Five Ben picks. And um, you never know, though. Yeah. I mean, but the Steelers can lay an egg against teams that they should beat. That is a one hundred percent fact. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, no. Yeah. If I had to, if I was a gambling man, uh, I'm definitely make your wager on if the Titans beat the Patriots. This would be a perfect time for a ridiculous wager. <laughs> I don't know. What do you got for me? Give me something. Know. Have give to me something to work it. with here. Um, I'd have to think about it, but it's probably not going to happen. No, uh, definitely not. I'll tell you where I'm leaning. I, right it'd now. be amazing if it did. I mean, it would be. Uh, it would have to be some sort of repeat of like the Music City Miracle. Uh, granted, they're not playing the Bills and they're not at home, but it would take something like that, I think, for them to beat the Patriots. I would mostly go chalk, except for uh, I think Philadelphia is in for a tough game. So I think I think we go three out of four in the home teams this week, this coming week. Yeah, I'm looking at um, 
you know, Matt Ryan, also a Philly guy, too, growing up around that area. So, um, unfortunately, I think the AFC, we're going to be holding holding steady with that stupid matchup I keep seeing every year. Yeah. <laughs> but the NFC, I feel like we could be a little Southern in yeah. the NFC title game, if you know Oh, really? You think, you think New Orleans is going to go into Minnesota and ruin Minnesota's shot at playing That's going to be a heck of a game, and that's least confidence on my part. I think it's just a, a total toss-up game. Like that Saints team, I, I yeah, I, I do. do. I do like that Saints, Saints team. Falcons in the NFC title game, the but rubber match, the rubber match, one one to go to the Super Bowl, another but, playoff game in sure. the dome. But here's the thing, though, the Vikings, the Vikings can do the one thing that the Panthers couldn't really do, and that's defend the pass. Sure, it's, it's a good point. Should um, be fun. Should be fun to watch. Can that. they stop the run quite as well? Yeah, I would say they probably well, can. <laughs> they're they they got a very good defense. See yeah. if they can throw on that secondary. Uh, and no disrespect, to Eagle fans. I know everybody's picking against you, but you know your quarterback's out. That's what. Yeah, what happens. It's, it's just one of those things. It's nothing personal. The, yeah, the media and the fans don't hate you. It's just it's you lost. Tough. You it's, lost the front running MVP. Like, yeah, there's going to be a drop off. Yeah, it's it's tough when you're playing with the backup quarterback. At, trust me, I know I was there last year. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough, you yeah. know. But, you know, the, the, the Eagles are still a good team. They still have a solid defense. Uh, they're going to put up a fight. You know, they're not going to go down easy. That 20-point stat is going to be true again. If the Falcons get to 20, they're winning this game. Yeah. Like, they're going to. The, the Eagles are probably not scoring 21 points at home. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? It's going to be fun. I think right. I think this week, outside of probably the Pats-Titans game, I think that's going to be a pretty boring one. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting uh, uh weekend of football all right well okay maybe the Steelers <laughs> Steelers Jags might be pretty boring yeah. too Borals dual threat Borals we dual got threat Borals that's right hey them. you know what if anything else he was very balanced today he was very yeah. balanced in his offense yeah undefeated postseason quarterback Blake Borals <laughs> is very balanced today <laughs> all right Chris Miller this was fun that's <laughs> like the best that. out of the walk, ball walk off all right this was Drop fun mic, thanks again for, thanks again for coming on the show and until next time We'll see what happens. Undefeated <laughs> <laughs> Blake Bortles. <laughs>that's going to do it for today's show huge thanks to chris miller and matt wittenberg thanks to brian nelson for supplying the logo the graphics for the show tim adams for supplying the beats and thanks to everybody out there for listening money mitch effect can be found on soundcloud itunes and google play all the shows are right there you can rate us leave a review and subscribe one more show this week is the australian open preview we got to talk tennis the season's back up again so there will be an Aussie Open preview by the end of the week, Saturday at the latest. We start that tournament Sunday night down under, so you won't want to miss that. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. If you like this show, tell a friend, tell everybody. Until next time, this was the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks for listening, and keep enjoying sports. <laughs>